Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up in my stand. Hunting off the farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. We're in the studio today with Redbone Mike Crace. We got special guests calling in, surprise guests. This guy, we call him the Magnum Beast. And also in the studio, we have the 142nd District State Rep, Robert Ross, in the house with us. This guy is a conservative, a bit, huge outdoorsman. This guy has got a huge voice for all of us here in South Central Missouri. Welcome to the studio with us, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, you know this is this is my kind of my kind of show, yeah. uh, you know, right up my alley. So yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, something I enjoy talking about, and frankly, that's what I fight for in Jefferson City, yeah. and I have for the last seven years. I mean, this is not only the things that I've grown up doing, uh, just like you have, yeah. but uh, you know, this is what I, I'm trying to protect this for you know current and future generations, my kids and their kids coming after that. So uh, it's important to me, and it matters. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff to talk to you about. Redbone, we got high school basketball going on across the Midwest here, Northern Arkansas. Yeah, we do. Well, I tell you, and, and and of course we've got we got some good basketball teams. But what I like to focus on here, Alex, this is our 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 last show before Christmas. Yeah, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, but right after Christmas, we got the Kabul Holiday Tournament, which is quickly wow. becoming one of the premier holiday tournaments oh. in South Central Missouri. I take my boys every year. Now, yeah. folks, if if you if you love basketball, if you just kind of like basketball, you want to get out to the Kabul tournament because you want to see one team in particular play, and Ooh. that is the Dora Falcons. Oh, they're uh, that good, huh? They, they are that good. You know, they went to Oklahoma, and uh, they you're, beat the number one ranked team in the state of Oklahoma. You're kidding me. They're a little bitty school. Nearly, little bitty. That's them one. twins, them triplets. Yes, they have the, tw- the triplets. And Isaac Haney. And Isaac Haney. Right. Now, here's the thing, and Alex, you may not know this because you were in Texas. They went yeah. and played in, a, in a, an elite tournament in Illinois, playing with some of the best teams in the nation as a class one. And Isaac Haney, in four days, scored over 100 and 35 points. Oh, my goodness. He set a new record for the number of points ever scored by an individual player in the tournament. And he came within four points in one game of setting the single game record, which is held by Zion Williams, who was the number one <laughs> draft pick last year and is playing in the NBA now. So get out and watch Isaac Haney and the Luna Boys because these kids are phenomenal and they're all juniors. And they yeah. all love to hunt and fish. And they do love to hunt and fish, I guarantee you. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, the Kabul Holiday Tournament starts the day after Christmas. It runs through January 30th or, or December 30th. Uh, they'll play Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all day, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, going until 8.30 at night. Uh-huh. And then the championship round on Monday the 30th. Do yourself a favor if you're a basketball fan. Just go park there for the day and watch basketball. Well, I'll be there if I can. Alton Comets. Ross. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, for the last couple of years, my boys are nine and 11 years old and I mean they're in I helped coach their basketball Mm -hmm. well they love going to these tournaments because we sit there and we watch good basketball all day long and it's 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 good family fun it's affordable and it's you know right here in our backyard and you should take advantage of it and uh Alton Comets who are still undefeated well they heard they stopped Liberty uh they did (laughs) (laughs) they they were laughing rep that cost you both (laughs) they they were up 25 to 5 at the end of the first quarter Oh my God! That's how good these Alton Comets are. Because Liberty's not bad. I mean, Liberty yeah. is now four and two. I mean, it's not like they did that to a team that's Alton must not be really, really, really good. They're really good. And the Thayer Bobcats are the number 
uh, three seed in the tournament, and they're pretty good too. So it's going to be a great so tournament. So let me ask you this. Does Alton have a chance of beating Dora? Yes. Really? Yeah, because they outsize them. They outsize them. Alton's got a 6'9 kid in there. I heard that. I heard and, that. And, and, you know, and then they're 6'3", 6'4", 6'2", 6'1". So, and, and they're deep. They play 10 kids. They played 10 kids in that first quarter. The other night, they stay fresh. Liberty. They okay. stay fresh. They they really get in your they get in your hip pocket on defense. Yeah, and and it's it's kind of a helter skelter. Norm Hollis is back on the sidelines. They're special. They're, they're a special team. Yeah, but uh, you know, so talking about the Door Falcons, you know, and watching them play, yeah. you know, and I, I say this with all affection. I mean, it's like a swarm of mosquitoes. <laughs> I, I mean, they're they're flying all over you. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they they are really fun to watch because they get up and down the floor. They put a lot of pressure on teams. They're smart, and th- they are smart because you know some of the teams and just what your you know point was there. If you know, they are very good at making you play their style of basketball rather exactly than right. they you control know, you exactly. And you know, rather than taking control advantage of having a having a big guy that you know could dominate them, well, no, they. You know, they put pressure on, and, and they do the things that they need to do to be successful, and that's one of the reasons they're as good as they are. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. But anyway, I know there's a lot of stuff we want to Great cover stuff. with Robert. All right, we got alternative season, muzzleloader season come up. Starting the 28th. 28th. All right, everybody, uh, the rules and regulations, you want to obey the rules. And uh, y'all, well, the advice we want to point out to you and uh, speak on behalf of Redbone Mike Crace and our rep, Ross, here, uh, carry binoculars with you. Don't shoot these bucks without antlers. Yeah. If you're trying to manage your bucks on your property, glass them. Make sure they don't have knobs on their head where they've dropped their antlers. And uh, also keep in mind that a lot of these does are pregnant. So uh, mm-hmm. there's not much you can tell about them being pregnant at yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, and I don't think that with that in mind, I guess we would encourage most hunters to, in this alternative season, to fill that unfilled buck tag. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's bucks still carrying antlers right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got another week here before the season opens. But uh, I always carry binoculars. I want him to shoot a button buck on my property. Mm-hmm. That's a buck for the future. So yeah. we just want to pass it along and be safe. Identify your targets. Uh, wear your orange, everybody. Wear your orange cap, your orange shirt. I'm telling you, I've seen so many pictures and people posting pictures without any orange on you in know, the and, woods. And people, here's the thing about that, and and Robert, you may want to speak on this too. If you, if you kill, a, kill a nice buck and you start posting pictures of, of you and they that buck watch your while you're still in the woods, you could be written a citation for that if MDC should happen to see it. Well, if they wanted to pursue it. Well, I guess that'd be, you know, one of the pieces to the puzzle. But, uh, you know, just, I mean, from a safety perspective, it's common sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's research that proves that deer, you know, they do not see the blaze orange in the same way that we as humans yeah. do. Right. And, uh, you know, you're not going to scare off a, a big buck or doe. I mean, they just don't see it in the same way. And so this helps, you know, you to be identified to other hunters. And that's one of the things. It's common sense. And uh, we want to make sure above all. Uh, yes, we all want to be successful and kill monster bucks, but yeah. you know, look, it, it, none of that matters if, if we're not being safe. That, that's safe. good stuff. Good stuff. We're going to switch gears here. Rep Ross, the responsibility of a state rep. Let's talk about that. Sure. So, you know, looking back on my history, I was originally elected in 2012, started in 2013. Uh, I'm now going to be term limited, going to be running for state Senate. Uh, but, you know, you, there's so much that comes along with that. And you, you talk to so many different folks across the area and they have, you know, you find the majority viewpoints uh, on a lot of different things. And, you know, frankly, I, it, I can feel that, you know, but, but it's because of the way I was taught and raised and, uh, you know, the, the values that were instilled into me. But, uh, but yeah, you get, 
really when you're in the legislature, you're an elected official, uh, you get hit from, you know, so many different areas. You know, the best part about it to me is the opportunity to to be, of, to be able to help someone. I mean, you should not have to call your state representative or your state senator uh, to get your tax refund back. Unfortunately, sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, you know, you should not, if, if you've got a permit or an application in uh, with, with DNR or with uh, some other, you know, health and senior services, it's, it's, you know, unfortunate that is required, you know, to contact your state representative. But sometimes that's what it takes to get the executive branch in gear. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to help folks. And that's, uh, you know, that's the best part of the job to me. Uh, I really enjoy doing that. And, um, you know, that's what makes it all worth it because there's a lot of frustrating days. <laughs> well, there is a lot of long hours. So uh, you're a helper, basically you're a helper in your district, in the area. So when there's issues or anything, advice, people will come to you. Well, it, it definitely is as it relates to, you know, state government some way. In fact, I get a lot of other, you know, requests, inquiries, problems uh, as it relates to local issues or federal issues that, you know, often I there's not a lot that I can do with those. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while somebody brings a state issue that, I mean, hey, this is, you know, right in my area that I'm able to do something with. And those are the days when you're able to make that difference that makes you feel really good. There you have it, everybody. Rep Ross, 142nd District. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back with more information on how Rep. Ross can help you. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Across the creek up a big old hill Year after year Got my Back to American Roots Outdoors, our 142nd state representative, Robert Ross, in the studio with us. We found out what his job duties are as a state representative. You know, uh, State Rep. Ross, one of the big issues that we hear a lot about here in the Midwest, the Ozarks, is this hog issue. It's got mm -hmm. people all stirred up. Let's talk about that. I know a lot of people are upset because they cannot hunt government land, Mark Twain National Forest, Ozark National City. Isn't that supposed to be public property? It's supposed to be public our property. Public <laughs> yeah. property? Yeah. Our yeah. public property. They were so, paid for with our tax dollars. Well, exactly. And so, you know, I'm going to back up just a little bit on this issue and talk about, you know, the feral hog population has been growing and exploding uh, up in northwest Texas County around Fort Leonard Wood. We've had feral hogs up in that area for 25, 30 years. Mm. And... The reality is that whether you're, you know, coming from a landowner perspective, a, a sportsman outdoorsman perspective, um, whether you're, you know, MDC, Farm Bureau, the agriculture groups, nobody really wants these hogs here. Nobody. In the, in the destruction of what they could do, you know, agriculture. I mean, they, they don't just eat the grass in your field. They come and plow your field up, and they can do that overnight. Uh, I was amazed that, you know, I, I was headed to the river and, uh, you know, some of the bottom ground that, uh, you know, I've been putting putting in my boat there for years and years. And I come and I mean, it is absolutely plowed up. I couldn't even believe it. I didn't know that we had hogs there. And this was over in Shannon County. Oh, yeah. But uh, at any rate, they've become an increasing problem. So we all agree that they're a problem and we need to get rid of the feral hogs. Where the real disagreement comes into is, is just how to go about that. And I've been very vocal in, um, you know, opposing what Missouri Department of Conservation's efforts to shut off our quote unquote public property to, you know, we the people and being able to hunt and kill these hogs. Um, but then now they've taken it a step further. They have now lobbied the Mark Twain National Forest to shut off the Forest Service property, once again, our quote-unquote public property, uh, to us, the people, from being able to use and enjoy that. 
um, and, and kill these hogs. And, and if they were really serious about dealing with this issue, it would include not only just trapping, not just the aerial gunning. You know, they may set a trap up for a couple of weeks, do what they could. They would partner with the local individuals that wanted to hunt and kill these hogs um, and say, look, hey, don't disturb this area. We're going to have a trap set up here. But once we finish with that, you know, they finish up with the trapping. Hey, guys, come in and kill all the hogs that you want and you can. Uh, then after that, maybe, you know, they have, you know, thermal or night hunts or, you know, maybe the aerial gunning. The aerial gunning really in the dollars per hog killed is one of the least effective methods that costs the taxpayers the most. Right. Uh, you're looking in the 600 to $900 per hour range. Uh-huh. And they come in and shut down. They'll shut down Big Springs. Uh, they'll shut down the area there. Well, they shut down in the last few days. They've shut down, you know, part of the Irish wilderness. They've shut down part of Bell Mountain, uh, you know, over in Iron Reynolds County. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the problem with this is it's really approaching th- this issue from a government knows best, you common mortals need not apply to, to help out, where if they were really serious about dealing with this issue, uh, curbing the problem of feral hogs, they'd be working with, you know, working with the private landowners, working with the individuals that wanted to hunt and kill these hogs. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't cost the taxpayers a dime for you know individuals to go out and kill these hogs whereas what's going to happen now now that mdc has been successful in getting the mark twain national forest to shut off mm-hmm. uh you know this is up to a five thousand dollar fine this is a serious deal if you get yeah. caught shooting a hog yeah. hunting a hog on mark twain national forest it's five thousand dollar fine and you don't go you're not going to go to eminence to the courthouse you're not going to go to alton to the courthouse you're going to it's a federal offense you're going to go to cape Girarda or, or springfield and so this is uh it's a problem. We we want to see this. You know, we we don't want to have this this issue here. But uh, I'm really frustrated with the big government mentality of I agree. government's the only I agree. solution in the way that they're trying to deal with this. Well, I think you know us as taxpayers have the rights, and sure. like you said. But this is the fight. This is what I deal with in Jefferson City. So it's those folks, those unelected individuals that forget that. Well, they don't and, come from here. They don't have an understanding of us. So did you they, watch the impeachment yeah. hearings? Oh, uh, these, did I watch them? <laughs> we can go into that. Hey, some, some of these fruit Trump loops. Trump 2020. That, that, well, absolutely. But some of these individuals that got up there, and the biggest thing that they were so mad at President Trump about was that it was him setting and implementing the policy rather than them. You know, <laughs> And so this is the same on a smaller scale, uh, you know, deal that I, I i deal with up in jefferson city are these individuals that well you know it's not really you taxpayers it's not the legislators who are sent there to be your voice you know they want to be the ones that demand that they set the policy that they're rowing the boat rather than you know allowing the people through their elected individuals uh, to, to to have their say yeah a bit of a power struggle it really is it uh, really is know, a big power struggle that's that's actually they've hated right. him ever since he's elected yeah, well, that's yeah. that's exactly back to the Trump deal. Yes, yeah. they have, and it's that's the only, and you know, the only the only individuals that they hate more than President Trump himself are the people like you and me exactly. that voted for him in twenty sixteen. Oh, yeah. are going to vote for him again in November twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. They going to win huge. They he's going to win us. huge. I, I predict he'll win huge, and I think what they've, they've the president that they showed presidents that they have shown in this impeachment has absolutely weakened the Democrat Party tremendously. Well, so, you know, their plan was, this was their plan to stop his reelection. Oh, the yeah. reality is this. So, you know, I'm going to back up and point to, in November of 2016, Texas County, I just know this off the top of my head, 83% of the vote, 83% of the vote voted for President Trump. I don't even know these 17% of the folks that didn't vote for President <laughs> Trump. However, 
Should I interject real quick? Shannon County has never voted Republican, and they voted Donald Trump strongly. It's like 80% Trump in Shannon County. Well, so Texas County was 83% in November of 2016. He was an unknown quantity because people really didn't know how he – they knew Donald Trump, the TV personality, but they didn't know who Donald Trump was going to be president, how he was going to govern. And look, whether you're talking about the Supreme Court nominees, whether you're talking about tax policy, whether you're talking about some of the regulatory policy – President Trump has absolutely, he's followed through on his campaign promises. Mm-hmm. He's done just exactly yes. what I expected and hoped that he would. And me and a whole lot of other folks are going to be voting for him in, in November of 2020. And yes. I've got to tell you, so it was 83% in 2016. He's no longer an unknown quantity. He's going to be higher. And I'm going to go ahead and make this wager on air. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I firmly believe in Texas County alone in November of 2020, He's going to be between eighty-seven and ninety yeah, percent of the vote, and that—that's—that's that's past landslide. Shannon County is the same way. It, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, and, and he and he carried Missouri by a very easy margin as well. Nin- nineteen points, I believe. it was. Yeah, by nineteen mm-hmm. points. Uh, and here's the only because we got to go to a break here real quick. The only thing I want to say about this impeachment process is that I think, and and one of the one of the Republican representatives said it yesterday, that they have now made it. They have lowered the the bar so far that now every president in our future is probably Republican or Democrat is going to go through the same thing term after term after term. And that's what's sad. This wasn't about an issue that occurred. I mean, this is petty partisan politics at its worst this is what we the people despise stuff that happens all the time well it is but this is on a larger scale so this is not that you know well i'm not going to vote for your bill or you know i'm going to put a bad amendment on your bill this is we're going to do our best to remove you from office Mm -hmm. because we disagree with you and so so yes partisan petty politics has reached a new low in our country and i've seen i've seen it head in this direction since my time you know the seven years i've been in office but but it is getting worse and it's really sad that the uh the house democrats want to take it to this uh take it to this level there you have it folks we got to stand together we're going to go to a break with our special guest mystery guest the magnum beast chancy walters will be up next what the wind might do, American roots. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. We're here in the studio there, Missouri, Mammoth Spring, Arkansas area. In the house today, in the studio, Redbone Mike Crace. And we're back now with our special guest. As I told y'all, this guy, we call him the Magnum Beast. <laughs> this guy is a turkey killer, an artist, a smallmouth cassette, big bass catching beast. And he has been my friend since he's 13, 14 years old. I'll never forget the first time I met him, Redbone. We was doing the yeah. Iowa Deer Classic, and this young skitty kid comes up to me. Hey, man, look at my artwork, man. I love watching HS Strut videos and just, I mean, hung around me the whole time. Yeah. Chancey Walters. Absolutely, man. That was a good, that was a big moment for me, man. I looked up to you big time, and uh, it was crazy. I was like, man, that was like the biggest thing of all time, go meet AR up at the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chancey Walters, everybody, if you haven't been following, this guy is one of the premier, the, probably one of the fastest growing outdoorsmen in the industry. He's involved in a lot of things, uh, unbelievable artist, uh, big buck kill machine. He helped start Turkey Reapers. The guy shooting the turkeys that you see all the cool footage five feet away. Welcome to the show, Chancey. Hey, glad to be here. It's been a while since I've been in here. 
It has been, with you rascals. Yeah, it's been about turkey season. And here's what I'd like to know, Yancey. You told us back before turkey season, when you were on, your goal for turkey season was to catch a live turkey. Did you ever get it done? Mm-hmm. I uh, never did. I didn't go out much. I, I was oh. so busy fishing and stuff, and I had a lot of tournaments during that time frame. I mean, I got pretty close to, uh, to uh, you know, touching them, but just, uh, I didn't invest enough time to really make it happen. You know, it ain't going to happen on the first time. It might not happen on the tenth time. It might not happen on the hundredth. But I needed more than uh, one or two days that I ended up going hunting last spring. How close did you get? Oh, I mean, a couple feet, two or three feet out of reach. <laughs> you know, so I, could, I couldn't choke the turkey. Now, were you climbing uh, the trees after him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have an actual uh, turkey suit I made, and it. Uh, it's definitely in Sniffer's Row when it comes to turkey reaping, for sure. It was the decoy that I first started with with a fan and the decoy and the mojo decoys I helped design and everything like that. And now I got a turkey suit, which I'm the decoy, which, you know, obviously you got to be careful about it. you got to be on ground where, you know, nobody else is at, way out in the open. Most of these turkeys are out in the middle of the bean fields and corn fields and stuff like that, and that's when I go after them. Yeah. Well, anyway, Chancey, I want you to hold that stuff for a little bit. In the house with us again is uh, State Rep Robert Ross, and this guy's an avid bow hunter, turkey hunter, him and his kids, and he fights for our Second Amendment rights, constitutional rights. This guy's an old Ozarks hillbilly farmer, and uh, he loves to shoot turkeys with a bow, too. But what I want to do, Robert, I'm going to ask him about his roots. I want you to share with all of our listeners, Chancey, about the Chancey Walter roots, about your family, where they came from how you got in the outdoor industry, and, and we're going to go from there. Well, I'll tell you, I uh, ever since I was a little kid, um, I was definitely into fishing way before. My dad didn't hunt, so I just uh, I was into fishing. He took me bass fishing, farm ponds and stuff like that, and I ended up getting uh, you know the Bassmaster subscription when I was a real young kid, and that was, uh, that was my thing was bass fishing. And, um, no, you know, we never had a boat, so I would, mom and dad would always drop me off the lakes and I'd just fish the banks all day long. And it was just, it was, that's how I kind of grew up. And then when I got into my teens, the hunting thing started kind of popping up on TNN. And then I seen, you know, of course, old AR strutting around. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that gave me the motivation to turkey hunt for sure. And then uh, the deer hunting, I learned on my own. I really did. I uh, just trial and error and learned what to do and what not to do. And, Sometimes when you think you got it all figured out, sometimes they can. Uh, it's a very humbling sport, but you just gotta, you know, when you do it as much and everything as we do, you, you learn what to do and what not to do at certain times and when to move and when to do this and everything goes into play. But yeah, I grew up. My my family was never really big in the outdoors except for fishing, and um, I've had a couple of my friends and their families kind of you know bring me into the into the sports and was able to take me. In, in my your early fishing or my early hunting days, and Chancey, uh, you're from yeah. Southern Iowa. Yep, born Southern and raised Iowa. right there. And uh, let's talk about your 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 dad. I know this is something dear to your heart. Your dad just recently passed. If you don't mind, what a what a man that's truly loved by everybody, and what a talented man. Let's talk about man, him my, a little bit. Yeah, my my dad. I'm telling you, there was over a thousand people at his funeral. He was the most well-liked, amazing person. He just—he had no enemies. Everybody loved him. He had so many people to just go by his business and say hi to him. And want to—he's just an amazing. He's a—he's a, he's definitely one in a billion type of guy. And uh, he was an amazing dad. We had a, 
you know, we didn't, you know, early years we got to hang out a lot. And then I got always, I got busy. And so we never really got to hang out a ton and everything like that. But man, we fished like crazy in my younger days. And he's, he's been an amazing dad and, you know, it sucks to lose him. He was 70, um, 71 and, and he, he had a heart attack in his sleep, but uh, he was an amazing artist. Art is genetic and I'm an artist and I got my talent from my dad and I'm going to carry it on and keep doing it and uh he's just uh i'm definitely gonna miss him but we'll see him all again someday hey guys uh well said chancy uh everybody's listening i want you to look up chancy walters on facebook twitter instagram uh look at his artwork right now chancy i talked to chancy last night robert uh, mike and he spent hours after hours doing christmas orders people book him to paint on feathers antlers you ought to see his work you can pull it up on your phone and it's mind-blowing. He can sit and sketch a smallmouth out, make it look lifelike in just minutes. This guy is so talented. And you can see his passion. And, and Chancey is a believer in our good Lord, our creator, big time. And, and uh, Absolutely. When he comes down and spends time with me. And uh, Chancey now, uh, he does all these things, has been fishing tournaments. And he's won a lot of tournaments in the Midwest up there, Redbone. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to fish his first Bassmasters Elite Tournament coming this spring and let's talk about that chancy yeah it's uh well I'm, i gotta qualify for the leads i'm gonna fish the opens which i'm gonna be fishing a lot of the with you know against a lot of the guys that i've always looked up to in the sport um last year i fished my first open and i was setting 15th out of 150 boats the first day and <laughs> i just didn't make a right decision on uh, the second day or whatever just to just to just got a little uh little greedy and hung on to a spot a little longer than i should have and i should have went out and uh covered some water it was a cloudy day rainy day and that means uh you know if it ain't going on in the spot where you're at cover some water with a top water spinnerbait or a chatterbait or whatever the heck out there and i just didn't make that right decision but man i'm i've uh you know i've, I've fished a lot, a lot of the um you know the uh, the club stuff and the local stuff and i've done really well you know usually in the top five every time and i just you know spending all this time on these smaller tournaments a lot of time a lot of money it's like why not go and 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 fish against the best mm-hmm. i think i compete again i i think i can compete against those guys i know i can and and uh i'm gonna invest my time into actually uh you know building up what i'm wanting to do for something that's actually going to mean something you know um instead of just a little local event i'm going to try to go to the go to the best i can do and and uh you know money's the only issue it takes a lot of money to do it but uh i uh that's why i paint this is awesome, everybody. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back with more with Robert Ross, State Representative, Mike Crace, my producer, and Alex Rutledge in the studio. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, Ozark Herd Bowl. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. What a great show we're having, Rep. With old Chancey Walters. What do you think of this guy? He sounds like my kind of guy. Oh, he's yeah. my people. Now, <laughs> he's a big Second Amendment supporter and artist, a big bow hunter, turkey hunter, and uh, good, a lot of great knowledge here. Uh, in this next segment coming up, we're going to talk about more in-depth stuff with him. But uh, he's just like you and I. Well, sounds like it, with the exception of I have, like, zero artistic talent. But uh, everything else, the hunting, the fishing, I'm right there with you, Chancey. Yeah. Awesome, man. Great. Great to uh, visit with you. And uh, absolutely awesome. 
All right, so Chancey, uh, what, at what age did you start doing the, the artwork? I mean, did, did the painting on the feathers and, and that kind of stuff come first, or did the... Uh, well, I you know, I started just sketching, drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I ever drew was uh, with the, the dock out on the sidewalk when I was a little kid. You know, that's where it all started. I was drawing whales and stuff. I was big into, like, marine stuff and dolphins and whales when I was a little kid. Okay. I started uh, drawing a lot of that stuff. And then I moved into sketching and then uh, painting. I started painting my junior high school, and it's that's all I've been. I've made a living with my artwork ever since my junior high school, and that was in 2002. Now, can you can you actually, is there a school to go to to learn how to paint on feathers? Because I've got to imagine of all the mediums you can paint on, that's got to be the most difficult because all those little veins move. Well, I got a couple little trickaroos in my in my arsenal that uh, I painted about a hundred of them before I figured it out. But I take a matte clear spray paint and I spray the back of them, and it holds them together to where I can paint on them. There's no way you can paint on them without doing that. Oh, so well, there you I, go. I uh, definitely got it dialed in. Gives me a nice canvas to work with. Um, they're really hard to work with, but I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. I mean, oh. I've been doing them since 2000 three i think and uh, i don't know how many hundreds i've done i mean a few thousand of them but that's how i've made my my living is painting turkey feathers and canvas paintings and and uh you know guiding a little hunting and fishing here and there and that's how i've uh i've grinded it out i've i've worked for myself pretty much 90 percent of my life hey chancy uh this is robert ross so you know, we haven't met, and while we were here, you know, mm-hmm. having the conversation, I wanted to see some examples of your work, and I just flipped, you know, went to Google, looked at uh, Chancey Walters' art up on, on my phone, and I've mm-hmm. got to tell you, some of your work is just uh, incredible there. I mean, you know, here's a, here's a fan, and it's got uh, three different bucks and a uh, looks like a, a feral hog on there. Uh, some of the others, you know, you've painted, uh, you know, strutting, uh, strutting toms, and, you know, there's a, a golden retriever. And I've got to tell you, you've got yep. some phenomenal work, and I would encourage anyone listening to uh, go out and, you know, look you up and check you out. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I mean, I do them custom. I, somebody sends me a picture of their dog, sends me a picture of their buck or their logo, and I put it right on the turkey feather custom one-on-one. I mean, there ain't nothing else like it out there. Um, you know, and I do my own custom barn board frames, rustic Iowa barn board and matting and everything. It's all custom. And, you've actually, uh, yeah, just look me up if anybody's interested, for sure. Chancy, you actually do a lot of work for several people in our area. You've donated stuff to some of the banquets and uh Country uh, or Current River Smallmouth Association, uh, we greatly appreciate that. I, I'm going to switch gears again back into fishing. You just trademarked a product that's taken off pretty well, and it's called crank wraps. Yeah. Let's talk about crank wraps. Yeah, crank wraps is pretty awesome, man. I started when I was really young fishing, and, and a lot of the colors on the baits weren't really, uh, you know, didn't look too real. So I started painting baits. And then moved into an application that I got patent with a partner of mine. I brought in a partner. His name's Rick Fishback out of Lake of the Ozarks in Springfield area. Yeah. And uh, me and him teamed up, and we started uh, started this company here a couple, two or three years ago. And uh, it's uh, pretty much an application that goes on hard baits that you already got from jerk baits, top waters, crank baits, all the top brands from Strike King to 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 um, you know everything, bomber, all that stuff. Um, everything you can think of, we got wraps to fit it, and if we don't have it com- completely custom for that bait, you can uh, we you can just slightly trim it to fit. But man, they are awesome. It gives the I have the realest baits in the world by far. 
Yeah, and, and, and Alex, we've, we've, we've had an opportunity to see some of these things. And the I've colors, used them. I've yeah, used the them colors, before I went to market. The colors and the detail is just oh. unmatched. It's 3D. Yeah. It's three-dimensional, mm-hmm. and they look real, you know. So I got to test those, and I'm saying it braggingly before <laughs> you ever introduce them to the market. Also got to see his outfit that he's using to slip out to gobblers in these open fields uh, where you there's no other hunters. Uh, Chancey, I, I must say, everybody, Robert, Redbone listeners, Chancey is one of the most innovative guys I've ever met in my life. I mean, this guy is liable to try anything if it means standing on his head. And that being said, we still got bow hunting going on across the country. So I want to get into bow hunting a little bit here. You, you work with a group of people called Whitetail Addiction. Whitetail Adrenaline. White Whitetail Adrenaline. Adrenaline, correct me. Yeah. Yep. Whitetail Adrenaline, they become one of the most popular sought-after shows out there in the industry right now. And you guys, Chancey, you and some of your buddies started at turkey reaping, and now you've took to the extremes of doing deer reaping. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome how it works. I mean, the uh, you know, Jared Sheffler owns the company Whitetail Adrenaline. It's a DVD series. It's uh, all sponsor-free um no advertisements we 100 percent stock all the deer on the ground all public ground 100 percent public uh or walk-in ground and it's uh it's definitely you know i grew up tree stand hunting and and uh killing deer out of tree stands and all that but the first deer i ever shot when i was a little kid was off the ground um and uh it's cool to be back to doing that it's it's definitely neat you know we watch these deer bed glass them, watch them bed and sneak in and kill them like fly I've killed, I think, in the last five years, I've killed good ones every year. I've killed a couple of them inside six, seven yards bedded on the ground, wild, free-range, public-range deer. Talk uh, about how you do that. You you go to have all of our listeners flipping. So so tell Uh tell us how you you go about doing it. You've watched them bed. The wind's in your favor. We've got three minutes here. So, Chance, you've got these tactics you guys have come up with to spot and stalk these deer while they're bedded. But what I want to do is... Save it for the bonus segment. For everybody that wants to uh-huh. learn his tactic, you got to become a member of, of the podcast and become a member of our group at the ARO group. So uh, for you guys that's listening, you want to be a, a listener and learn his tactics, become a member. That being said, Chancey, how can people learn more about you uh, and your, your tactics and everything you're doing? How can they learn more about you? Instagram, Facebook, I'll- website? Yep, you can uh, get on there. I don't really put a lot of information on how I'm doing stuff on there, but uh, Jared's, uh, you know, series the White Tail Adrenaline. Uh, he edits everything himself. He's got a couple guys that go through the footage, but it's uh, it's pretty amazing. You can see what we do. We run into all kinds of circumstances, all, all public ground on the <laughs> yeah. ground, sneaking, crawling, and brawling. We decoy him. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, we got a decoy that's a little silhouette, and they come in trying to attack it. The situation's got to be. Hundred percent right to do that, but man, now we'll we've talk had about really that next segment. Yeah, yeah. So your your website, you have a website, Chancy. Um, for the white tail, uh, Jared's got a website. It's www.whitetailadrenaline.com. It's got all the cool apparel and and all the DVD series from the last ten to eleven years. Pretty awesome. Hey, now we need info on Chancey Walters. Where can they follow Chancey Walters? Um, you can look me up on Instagram, Facebook, or my business page. And uh, my name spelled C-H-A-N-C-Y, Walters. Um, it's pretty easy to find. And, and I got all my everyday activity that I'm doing, whether I'm fishing, painting, hunting, or uh, eating some good food. I just posted on there. I'm 
I don't have a lot of drama on my stuff. I just post fun stuff that I'm doing is all. There you have it, everybody. Chancey Walters, Rep Ross. What do you think of old Chancey? It sounds like my kind of guy. Great to visit with you. Yeah, Chancey, I got before we get out of here and we just got like just like one minute. Uh how do people go about ordering stuff that you're painting? I mean, uh just contact you through your social media or, or how do we get yep. that how do we get that done? Yeah, most people just message me and uh they just I don't have a website. I'm so dang busy. I don't really I mean, I could probably put a website together, but I just people contact me through my social media, my Instagram mainly, and they see the pictures that I have and if they have any questions, they can message me there and we'll get them dialed in. I got a PayPal card over the phone wherever the heck they want. I'll uh, get their artwork to them. There right. you have it, everybody. And if they got something that they want put on feathers, I mean, you'll make arrangements to 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 get that to them, get that done yep, to you, right? Yeah, they can just text. Yeah, they just message me a picture of their dog or deer or whatever they want. We'll make her happen for sure. What about our girlfriends? <laughs> well, I'm not oh, a big wives. fan of painting people. It just takes a lot of time to to make them look good. And I got I'm so dang busy. I, I I have a couple people that are really good at doing people, and I send that that uh, artwork and orders to them. <laughs> what about President Trump? Can we do him on a feather? <laughs> Trump's an old herd bull. He's an old mouth off the roof for it. sure. He, he's a strutter. He's, a, he's, strutter. he's an old herd it. bull. I mean, hey, I, I, here's the deal. I, I don't follow the news and everything a lot. I just know that he is doing a lot of good things, and uh, um, everybody just needs to just let him do his job. I mean, geez, crazy. There you have it, everybody. Chancey Walters. The Magnum Beast, the fisherman, the <laughs> bow hunter, the turkey reaper, the deer reaper. We're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank you, Representative Ross, for coming in the studio, being with us. Uh, Mike Redbone Crash, what another great show. And remember this, everybody. You want to hear the bonus segment, you got to become a member of the podcast with American Roots with Chancey Walters and Robert Ross. They're going to talk hunting and strategies. Remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. Have a great, safe weekend. Thank you for listening. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Welcome back to the bonus segment with American Roots Outdoors and in the studio. By becoming a member, you are fortunate enough to listen to this bonus stuff. Uh, on the line is Chancey Walters, the Magnum Beast, and our state representative, 142nd District. That's correct. Robert Ross. These guys both love to hunt, and I want, I've been wanting to have Robert in here for a long time. And You and Chancey have a lot of things in common. You like to bow hunt, and what we're going to do is ask you and Chancey both questions here during this segment here. And uh, I know you've probably decoyed before, possibly. Yeah, some. Yep. Turkey hunt especially. Uh, absolutely. And uh, my question to both of you, when using decoys, what is the most important thing that you feel you should stress? And the question is going to start with you first, Chancey, with a decoy. The most important thing is uh, you definitely got to have that thing out in the right spot and you got to be in the right situation, whether you're you know, deer hunting, definitely playing the wind. You got to be downwind of the animal. And you need to be able to shoot before he gets downwind. So you got to position that thing. And be in the situation to where you can do that. That's the main thing. Because, I mean, you just go right there with a decoy. I mean, it, it ain't going to work. But uh, that's the Correct. main thing. The setup's first, and then everything else is all the other stuff got to go into play after that. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, and not to use the old real estate cliche, but, you know, location, location, location. So the reality is, for me, you know, it's it's all about 
you know, not just setting that decoy, whether I'm doing, you know, turkey or deer mm-hmm. or, or, you know, I do a lot of predator hunting. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it's really important there. And it's you know not just so important to, to make sure you've got visibility to the animal, but, you know, you've got to think about, once again, that setup, how, how this is all going to play out. And, you know, you can't predict everything. You don't have the bright crystal ball, but uh, you've got to give yourself a, a chance, an opportunity uh, to, to be able to make that shot. And so, you know, the, the location of where you set that decoy, how you set it up uh, is key in, in making that all come together. If I may add lib to this, guys, and one of the things I've always stressed to the seminars and people, what I always try to do is set my decoy upwind from me. Okay, and I'm broadcasting my sound out from, especially if I'm in an open field or whatever, and the wind's blowing from the decoy to me. I want some type of barrier behind me, right. like a bluff or a deep ditch uh, where that predator or that deer or turkey can't get around me, which turkeys can't smell you. <laughs> but the point is, and I want to keep the sun to my back at all times if I can. So right. that's some of the things that I do in decoying. Uh, would you agree with that too, oh, oh. Chanchi and Robert? Well, 100%. The sun, keeping the sun to the back, you know, sometimes you don't have that opportunity to be able to do that in the moment, but yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I, that, those are that was key ingredients to getting it done yeah but especially on the you know talking about the wind whether you're talking about a big buck whether you're talking about a coyote they 90 plus percent of the time are going to circle downwind and and so if you whether you've got that barrier whether you know in talking about a barrier maybe it's even better to have an open more open area where look if they come out and come down or attempt to come downwind that's going to give you that shot opportunity but that's once again all back to that setup and uh you know make him come in front of you absolutely yeah yeah now the next question chancy you're finding these bedded deer You've not ever done it. You've killed better deer before, probably, Robert. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. killed it, but, but not this whole deer yeah, reaping thing. Yeah, not this reaping thing, yeah. <laughs> but, Chancey, the question to you, when you find these deer, you watch them bet. Yeah, I know you keep the wind in your face. You try to keep the sun to your back. How long do some of these stocks take to get the deal done on these deer? And what is the secrets to getting in close to those deer to get them shot at 10 yards? You know, there's all kinds of ingredients to it. I, You know, you definitely, you know, we, we glass them. Watch where a big one's at or spot one bedded or maybe where he's kind of hanging out, it's got a doe or, or whatever. We'll, we'll figure out what, the way the wind is, key, um, slide in, try to figure out a game plan how to get in there. And, there, you know, there's options whether you bring the decoy or not. depends on the wind, you know. If you got a lot of wind, um, I like to just slide in there without a decoy. But if it's, just, if it's a situation where you've got a doe and you can't get real close and the cl- closest you can get, you know, 60, 70 yards, I like to get in there, bring the decoy with me, and every moment's different. You just got to fill it out, and and uh, sometimes I like to get in there and put that decoy. And everybody that bow has bow hunted, seen big bucks running off these little satellite bucks, trying to you know run away from their doe. And if you watch them, I, when I this is a really really key thing. When I watch those big bucks running those little bucks off, I see how far how close they that big buck lets them get. Yeah. And that's about the distance I want to get. Because if I can get wow. in there and get a decoy up without him seeing, he pops up or he all of a sudden looks and sees me, he's going to come in and run, try to run me off, and it, it lights out. I mean, it's a quarter and two shot on the ground, but it's the best shot you can take on a whitetail on the ground. It's quarter and two. I mean, you, I shish kebab them when they come in. It's <laughs> awesome. But if I, my favorite way is if I can get them bedded and watch where they're at, play the down the play the wind and slither up in there and get as close as I can and just shoot them in their bedroom. I mean, that's that's about as hard as it gets. It is awesome moment, man. It's it's worked out for me here the last uh, maybe two out of five years. I've slid in on a couple of them, you know, really big ones in there like that, and it's you got to have the right situation for sure. Now, and folks, you got to remember that, that Chancey is doing this with a videographer with him. 
Now, uh, now, Chancey, yeah. is your is your video guy? Is he going along with you, or is he filming from a distance away? You know, every the situations are different every time. Um, I, he's behind me. The camera that he's got, forty pounds. Jared Shuffler's got two of them. Um, they're I forget the brand of the camera, but uh, they are giant, and they're the best camera on the market. And they, you know, he's all about the quality of footage, four K, everything awesome i mean he's got uh you know i've been had the privilege of having uh jim shockey's cameraman with me the last two two years matt zanell and mm-hmm. he is one of the best i don't have to worry about anything i just hunt and i know he's on them i know i don't have to like coach him and that's the key when it comes to filming you got to be able to focus on your hunting and not trying to coach exactly. your cameraman and he's on point i can't tell you how many times that uh and i don't mean to be negative but we're being real that I've had unexperienced cameramen, and they they you, you've got to constantly worry about them. And when you do that, you got to be seriously, seriously multitask. You've got to worry yeah. about his angle. If you, he's getting it, then you got to concentrate on your 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 anchor points and and getting the shot off. Uh-huh. We're talking bow hunting, but uh, this is good stuff. Now, now, what I want to ask you both now: it's late season bow hunting right now, and we got a bonus season coming up, Redbone, mm-hmm. with muzzleloading it and. Uh, yeah, 20, 20, uh, 28th it starts uh, here in the midwest december yeah yep and anyway w- what should the focus be and i'm gonna ask the question to you first robert what should the focus be on these people to be successful on bucks that still carrying antlers now there's some bucks already dropping antlers mm-hmm. we want to encourage our listeners to carry binoculars to not shoot bucks without antlers. Right. Well, that's one of the things you got to make sure, you know, uh, of your target number one. But, uh, but yeah, you want to make sure that you're not taking out a buck that's already dropped his antlers for the year. And, you know, I think the focus of the late season like this is, you know, the bucks are starting to return from, you know, being heavily focused, involved, you know, overran in the rut scenario and now they're starting to calm back down stick more to their home you know core area and being groups again exactly you know they're grouping back up it's more about the food sources the bedding area uh you know and being able to to, to you know decide where that funnel is going to be where you're going to catch them traveling through uh you know that's the kind of thing you have to you have to shift your focus a little bit this and most of your deer this late season chancy robert would you agree that uh, your better hunts are going to be in the evenings over morning hunts because they're doing most of their feeding throughout the day but they're not going to do a lot of feeding in areas you'll, you'll end up busting a lot of them in the mornings so Absolutely. evening hunts would be more successful would you agree chancy yes i mean i use here's the deal all right now i'm so busy this time of year now so the last two or three years i haven't really been doing no late season hunt but how i've been very successful with it is i like to, on the mornings i like to just glass from the road there you go maybe you know maybe get an eye on another big one or maybe where he's going but i like to when it comes to both season late season bow hunting late season i like to set back sometimes you got to sacrifice a a a day hunting and set back in the nosebleeds and watch how they're coming out Mm -hmm. figure out where they're going where they're you know where they're at so you instead of just rushing in there and and doing a setup maybe you're going to be set up a little bit wrong where they're going to catch you downwind and and all that jazz but i like to set back in the nosebleed might take two or three days to figure out kind of exactly where you want to get and then go in and kill a lot of guys just rush in there. They want to hunt. You know, they only have a couple of days to hunt. But sometimes it's better just take that uh, that vantage point from a distance, so you ain't busting nothing. Get it dialed in exactly how they're coming out and everything like that, and then slide in. That's been a really good key. There you have it, everybody. Strategies from Chancy Walters, the Magnum Beast, and our 142nd state rep, Robert Ross. These guys are serious hunters. And uh, Robert Ross, I want to thank you for what you stand for. Uh, and for our Second Amendment rights and our rights, our constitutional rights. I thank you 
for being a conservative. I thank you for being a man of God. Uh, that's what this country needs more of. And we need more people like Chancey Walters, too. That's not afraid to explore and to try things And when it comes to hunting and, and sharing a great message of family and faith like Chancey does and sharing his talents with his artwork, et cetera, making people's dreams come true. Uh, you got a word you want to say, Redbone? No, I just want to say, folks, if you, uh, if you love listening to the bonus segments on the podcast, uh, tell your friends because they will love it too. Go to the AmericanRootsOutdoors.com, get signed up, become a member, have your friends become members so they can always hear the bonus segments that are not available anywhere else. We don't put them on the radio show. The only way to do it is through the website. Correct. There you have it, everybody. Chancey Walters, Magna Beast, 142nd right, State right Representative now. Robert Ross. You got closing words, Robert? I just, thanks for, uh, you know, number one, your kind words. And this is, you know, that's what I signed up to do. I, I, I told the voters, and I don't think there's anything wrong with following through on what you campaigned on and what you said you were going to do. And so this is all part of the fight. This is me, you know, following through, promises made, promises kept. Um, you know, me doing my best to represent my folks here in South Central Missouri. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep up the fight, and I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. So. Chancey, closing word. Yes, sir. Closing word. You know what? Hey, everybody have a safe season out there. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Hunting and fishing is, you know, you think it's all fun and games, but a lot of things can happen in a short period of time. Everybody be safe and uh, pay extra attention on what you're doing and just be extra safe out there. It's, that's for sure. There you have it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Remember, your roots run deep and strong, and there's no reason to fear the wind. www.americanrootsoutdoors.com.